What's going on, Fantasy Alarm Nation? My name is Justin Fetsterman, along with Ryan Hallam and Matt Sells, and it's time for another episode of the Family Times Podcast. Gather around the family table because we got a lot to talk about in the heart of draft season. I've been going with that catchphrase, deep in the heart of draft season, because that's where we are right now because the season is quickly approaching. Hell, it's next week, guys, and I'm darn excited about it and to talk about some of the latest trends when it comes to players and average draft position among injuries. Hallam, what's good, man? How you doing? Not much, man. I'm the uh, I'm about drafted out. I got I think three or four more to go, including an auction tonight. But uh, whew, I'm ready. I'm ready for the season to start next Thursday. Uh, it's, it seems like it's been a really really long off season, so I want to see football. Hey, Cells, is it okay if I quickly pimp my content for a second? Is that okay? Sure. <laughs> Shameless plug. You know, there's a something called an auction checklist as part of that. Oh, fantasy alarm draft guide there, Hallam. I'm telling you. Just telling you, I'm not telling you how much to spend on players necessarily. That That's not me. I'm telling you the strategy, the psychology, how to defend your mind from being taken advantage of. Because if you want a certain player and you don't want to go into a new decade, you're going to bet the nines. I know the 69 is one of your favorite numbers, Hallam. And that can be a big time bid for you if you want to go after a top guy like Christian McCaffrey. I'm just saying, man, it's in the Fantasy Alarm Draft Guide if you want some auction strategy for you, my man. Uh, yes, yeah, 69 nice is a, a good long-running joke, but I don't think I'll be bidding that on Christian McCaffrey tonight. But we'll see. I, I'm not usually that guy in the draft. I'm not usually the top spender of the top guy. But stranger things have happened. Sells, how you doing, man? Oh, not doing too bad. We, uh, you know, we moved – uh, this weekend chose the hottest day of the year to unload a 26-foot U-Haul truck. So um, I have to say a big thanks to our brand-new neighbor. His name is Dustin. Um, he basically showed up, hopped on our U-Haul truck, and was like, Hi, I'm Dustin. I'm your neighbor. Let's get this sucker unloaded. And stood there and just moved all the boxes to the end of the U-Haul truck. So we just had to walk up and take them. Yeah, we had that thing. We had that thing unloaded in like an hour and a half, thanks to he and his two lovely sons' uh, help. So that was a great way to meet the new neighbors. Help you move in, right? Um, Shout out to Dustin. But living in a box hell right now because nothing else is really unpacked, built furniture, set up my new office. So I'm happy with that. But it's been a hectic. It's been a hectic week. And now back to the content grind a week before NFL and NASCAR playoffs start this weekend. So, yeah, fun fun stuff all around here. Yeah, it's always fun, guys, when a piece of news breaks because in our neck of the woods in fantasy, all of a sudden it's not just a piece of news. It's a domino effect. And that's the piece of news that we got just yesterday. We are broadcasting right now and recording on Wednesday. I keep forgetting what day of the week is it. Everything is clumped together right now. So we're broadcasting on Wednesday. Cam Newton gets released. Was a little bit surprised, and I know a lot of people were as well. Some were thinking that it was going to be Mac Jones all the way. I originally thought it was going to be Cam that was going to be at least starting the season. And then I wasn't really giving a lot of thought to the Patriots as a whole, let alone someone like a Damian Harris, who, guys, I've seen him start to move up tremendously. We're talking about someone who, in the next few days, because of running back injuries, is going to shift all the way up to the early sixth round, maybe even peter into the fifth a little bit. And I got to ask you guys this. How do you feel 
about Damian Harris coming off Ramadre Stevenson's, the preseason hype there, and his health issues. Is that someone that view, you guys view it safe? What do you think, Helm? Uh, you know, when earlier in the preseason, there was a, a story. Uh, it wasn't even a story. It was a clickbait something that said, oh, Damian Harris has a chance to be the number one back. And I, that meant nothing to me. I believe we talked about it in this show. Um, but once they traded Sony Michelle, uh, you know, James White, I think, is really transitioning to a lesser role. Uh, you know, Ramondre Stevenson had a really nice preseason. We see guys who hit the hype machine every preseason that don't really pan out too much. So I, I still think as much as we all say Belichick, uh, you know, doesn't land on one back, um, history shows when he has one, he trusts he does. Uh, so I am moving up on Damian Harris. Uh, I've drafted him a couple times. Uh, I'm in a draft now, super flex draft, where I did quarterback, quarterback, because it's not only six points per touchdown, but it's also points per completion. So I thought it was wise to go quarterback my first two picks. Uh, so it looks like Damian Harris is lining up, if things break right, to be my second running back. Uh, in normal one quarterback drafts, I'm more happy with him as my flex. Uh, but, yeah, I think if he can stay healthy, I think he has a chance to have a pretty good role this year. Yeah, so this this discussion came up because uh, our colleague here, James Grande, who's been filling in for me the last – well, filled in for me last week and for Fancy the week before that, uh, brought up a discussion between Damian Harris and Gus Edwards now that J.K. Dobbins was injured and is out for the year. And who do you trust more? And his viewpoint, if you remember our discussion about Austin Eckler – and how he basically just sees upside for Eckler. And if he can do all of the things he's never done before in his career, then Austin <laughs> Eckler is awesome. <laughs> That's the same viewpoint he has with Gus Edwards, which is fair. I mean, there's plenty of guys that outproduce what they've previously done. You're drafting on upside. You're not drafting on what guys did last year. You're drafting on what you can, what you think they can do in their situation this year. So, that being said, I started really delving into Damian Harris and Gus Edwards and, and comparing them. You realize that Damian Harris averaged almost 14 carries a game last year in the 10 games he played? Now, he only got two touchdowns, but that's because Cam Newton had 12 rushing touchdowns and Sony Michelle had three rushing touchdowns. That's 15 rushing touchdowns that are now off of the Patriots this year that are going to have to be accounted for. We know Mac Jones does not run, so... There's going to be no goal line quarterback sneaks and whatnot. Uh, so I like the fact that Damian Harris appears to be the lead guy in New England. Like Hallam said, when Belichick has a guy he trusts, he goes with him. Look at what LeGarrette Blunt did a few years ago. We could even go back all the way to Corey Dillon before that. That's a throwback, you know, when, they, when he was cast away from Cincinnati. So when he has a guy he trusts, it's a one-back system. They use James White in the passing game, sure. And Rex Burkhead's a gadget guy, okay. But for pure running, Damian Harris is already averaging almost 14 rushes a game, five yards a carry. Gus Edwards, on the other hand, is in a similar boat now, right? Because the lead back, J.K. Dobbins, is out for the season. Okay. So there's open carries there. But the problem I have with Baltimore is you still have Lamar Jackson there. You still have, yes, Justice Hill, we've all downplayed, but he's still there. They still have um, Taysom Williams, who they drafted. There's still a bunch of guys that can carry the ball in that backfield, and we know for a fact they use three or four running backs a game in Baltimore. 
So, yeah, does Gus Edwards have a clear path for carries? Okay, sure, but he's only ever done, like, 10 carries a game. Not the 15 that it would take to get up to what Damian Harris has a clear path to get. So, if you're looking at those situations, you have to take context into account and know that Baltimore is always going to use multiple running backs. So, it doesn't matter that the lead back is down. They're going to fill in with guys. No matter, even when J.K. Dobbins was the lead back, they still used uh, multiple backs. So yep. I'm, I'm still going Damian Harris. I also think that, you know, Edwards has been on the team for a few years, you know, started kind of backing up to Mark Ingram. And I really think if they really viewed Gus Edwards as the feature or as the feature back, that maybe J.K. Dobbins would not be in Baltimore. Uh, so right. I'm not sure, you know, I think his top is 144 carries. Actually, it was last year, yes. Uh, so, I mean, are we saying he's going to jump 100 carries this year? I, I think that'd be hard-pressed. Do I think he'll break 1,000 yards this year? Probably. Well, uh, he has an know. extra game to do it. You only got to have, like, 50 yards a game. To- yeah. So I'm not saying that, that Edwards is going to have a bad season. Uh, right. I just think I, I have more trust in Harris at this point. And, and, guys, let's also remember, I mean, I know Harris has his health issues, but the Patriots' O-line? Incredible. Yeah, also, here's a, here's who had more carries last year, by the way, Damian Harris or Cam Newton? Probably Newton, I guess. I'm going to say Cam. They had the exact same number of carries, yeah. 137 rushes. So just keep that. They're, they're making up 137 rushes, plus Michelle still managed nine carries a game when he was healthy. So you've got 20 carries a game to make up. That's not all going to Ramondra Stevenson. Right. Well, plus that Belichick doesn't was, trust rookies anyway. That offense was so putrid last year. They were playing from behind all the time. They couldn't run the ball after the first quarter outside of Cam because the offense sucked completely. Right. Which it should be slightly, at least slightly better this year with two and new receivers. Tight ends. Yeah, I, I, I do think that they will throw more than they did last year, but uh, uh, just the offense was just embarrassing last year uh, completely. Andrew Cooper has an excellent fallout write up on the website, actually, on fantasyalarm.com, talking all about it from a fantasy perspective. I was talking to him, hosting, filling in for the big guy, Howard Bender, on Fantasy Alarm yesterday and was talking to him about this whole situation here and what it opens up. And now, all of a sudden, guys, these Patriots players, which really you weren't paying a lot of draft stock for, all of a sudden now they become to some other players to consider later on in your drafts, they're going to start trickling up there. But now I don't kind of view them the same way. I view a team like the Detroit lions where I know there's an opportunity, but it's really hard for me to get excited outside of maybe one or two players. And that's it. Yeah. I I always say, uh, you know, I did the morning buzz this morning, Uh, bad, bad teams still score points sometimes. uh, And you know what? They're going to throw a lot. You know, they let go of Brashad Perriman, who I saw just a few minutes ago landed with the Bears. Yeah, how about um, how about that, Hallam? I mean, for a while, it seemed like fantasy players thought he was going to be the lead receiver this year. I don't know where that came from. If they haven't watched Brashad Perriman's career, I mean, I guess they just saw a name that they recognized on the team and figured he would just be the guy. Yeah, right. Uh, I, it's I, a pick of the guy you know versus everybody yeah. you don't. Right? So now it seems like that that focus has turned to Tyra Williams, who is equally terrible. Who I don't understand why people are jumping on the bandwagon right now. now. I believe I Tyrell Williams. Be. I believe Tyrell Williams 
has okay, a, that, some kind that. of groin injury that he's dealing with. And you know what else? If he's not, if I'm wrong about that, well, guess what? I won't be wrong for long. He's always hurt. He <laughs> is also, always yeah. hurt. The Who's only two dudes. On this team? Quintez Cephas? Amon Ross St. Brown is certainly, I think, going Ugh. to climb up some. I, the I, only I, dudes that's... worth drafting on the Lions are DJ Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift. That's it. Yeah, because I mean, they're going to be – they don't care about Swift. They're rebuilding. By the time they're ready to actually compete, Swift is going to be approaching the age you start throwing out running back. So they're going to run him into the ground. He can catch. Also, Jared Goff had the uh, shortest A dot of any quarterback last season, like five yards a target. So who does that play to? That plays to swing passes to the running back and short passes over the middle to the tight end. That's – the only draftable pieces in in Detroit. Oh, and their kicker, because they may in fact make it to field goal range. <laughs> Wait, they don't have a kicker. They cut them both yesterday. They don't have a oh. kicker on their roster right now. They cut them. <laughs> Who else but the goddamn Lions who cut both of their kickers, and they have no kicker right now. No. I mean, clearly. Terry, where's Adam Benatari? Bring him out of retirement. Let's go. I was like, that's like a fantasy draft. We're like, well, they're not forcing me to draft a kicker, so I'm just going to pick up another <laughs> wide receiver. That's what the Lions did yesterday. Dude, they did a fantasy dude, thing. I, That's I missed that. Thank problem, you for in what Actually, in the, the Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio host league, caused a little bit of a problem. Not going to mention who it was. We may or may not know this person, but one or it two people you. did not draft a kicker or defense, and there were emails fired away after that. I got nabbed for it last year, even though it wasn't in the rules that I had to do it. And that's where I stand on that, guys. Oh, yeah, absolutely. If it's if it's not in the rules that I have to draft, and I'm saying keyword draft, an eligible starting lineup, then I'm going to take advantage and use those roster spots elsewhere. I know it's shady. I know I'm supposed I mean, to be teaching the audience to play the fantasy sports right. I get that. But at the same time, I'm also teaching the fantasy sports audience and our commissioners to write every rule well, out. Okay, but hold on a question on that. What? <laughs> You're going to have to drop the two dudes you drafted to That's to my the problem, dude. anyway. So so here's the one thing, Sells. You're right. But you know what? There's one. You're right. I am going to have to drop. But number one, a lot can happen. We're talking about how much can change in a day. A lot can happen in what? You're waiting on an injury or a guy to get cut and then make your decision easy. So I got to say this, guys. There's one caveat, though. And this is where all of you sneaky people like me are going to have to make sure the rules are read. You need to make sure that your waivers are running prior to week one starting. Because if your waivers are not running until – after week one, you're screwed. You have two zeros. So while you're thinking you're being all cool and hip about it, if you're going to do that, you have to make sure those waivers are running prior to week one. That I had, if I were to set up a league, I would intentionally set the waivers to run after week one. Yeah, I, I agree. I have I have with injury problems or guys that I couldn't make. I've played weeks without a kicker before just because I didn't want to drop somebody. So it's not like you have to pick one up before the season starts. Ugh, I've done that taking before. a zero sucks, Hallam. It, it, does. Does. it just means everybody else has to do more or somebody else well, on the other I team mean, has to play it out. The team, your kicker, scores 21 points. Did he get you three? I mean, hey. I mean, hey, I won, a, I won a contest several years ago in which I was down 34 points and only had a kicker left, and I actually won. It was the when the Niners played the Cardinals in Mexico City on Monday night. Neil Rackers was the kicker for the Cardinals. The Cardinals couldn't do anything but get into field goal 
range. And he wound up kicking like four fifty yarders and three forty yarders and like two extra points and put up thirty five points. And the person I was playing was pissed because I scored I down. There was no way I was gonna win because I was down thirty four points with a kicker. And then turned I out I, was, I won and they were they didn't talk to me the rest of the season. <laughs> I might I might murder myself if I lost a, a match down up thirty four with only a kicker left. I think I would retire and go in the garage and just turn the car on and say goodnight. I lost the champion, the defending champion of my home league a few years ago because I took kickers away, and he was so against it because one or two seasons kickers floated him, and I I don't like playing with kickers or team defenses. For those that are beginners that want the full experience, enjoy it. I mean, the alarm after hours late night freaks league does, so I'm not going to be a hypocrite. It does have kickers and defense, yes, because we're playing for kind of like a more traditional league. But at the end of the day, it's one of those situations where I don't put strategy into my kickers. I don't put strategy into my team defense. Ryan, you have an auction Oh, tonight. I put strategies into kickers. Okay, let's get back to that in a second here. Ryan, here's another piece of advice. If you don't care about what defense you end up with early on, throw out the top defense, throw out Washington or whatever, and get a few dollars off the board. Someone yeah. will pay two, three dollars, four. I've seen it go for six to seven. All right, Sells, let's talk about your kicker strategy. So my kicker strategy is you pick the kickers on the teams with mediocre offenses. I don't want kickers on teams with good offenses. I don't want kickers on teams with bad offenses. I want kickers on teams whose offense is going to get to the 20 to 30-yard line routinely and then not be able to punch it in because then I get field goals. Field goals get you the points from the kickers. Extra points – don't if you're if the Rams put up 42 or the Seahawks put up 42 points you got six points from your kicker but if they put up let's say 15 points you may have gotten 15 points from your kicker because they're all field goals so I intentionally pick kickers whose offenses are mediocre and then for kickers and defenses if there's a I'm looking for the best ones available with the latest possible bye week because i just want to set it and forget it and not care unless they get injured and rip a groin or something so like if there's guys that i like let's say there's a group of three or four kickers that i'm looking at this year and one of them has a bye week week six and one has a bye week in week 13 i'll take the guy with the bye week in week 13 because it's a roster spot i don't have to care about for 13 weeks i like kickers and domes i like eight games inside without having to worry about the weather that's That's good Yeah, I mean, I, I like that too. But I, again, if if I'm a kicker, it, you know, it's still so, eight games outside of it, and the rule the rule generally is dome teams don't so, do well when they're outside the dome. NFC NFC South, Atlanta's a dome, New Orleans is a dome, Tampa's nice weather. Uh, so that's what you know, eight games at home and two away. That's ten games in probably favorable conditions. So the, yeah. the NFC South is a good place. And, and New Orleans, and you know, Will Lutz was my guy until obviously he's hurt now and wasn't very good last year. But that's a division I like to t- target the kickers in. Okay, so that's so Ryan likes the NFC South. So sells. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit yeah. here. You said mediocre offenses. Yeah. So who are some of the besides the NFC South? Who are some just, you know, you don't have to be so specific and so literal, but who would you classify as a mediocre offense? Like if I gave you, let's just say, would you say the the Bengals, are they a mediocre offense? 
Yeah, I'd put them in that category. I'd also go with the Bears. I'd say the Jets now are a mediocre one because I think Zach Wilson's going to move the ball, but they're not going to have the weapons to put it in the end zone. Um, like, what, Washington, about, what about the Broncos? Would you say the Broncos are a mediocre offense? Depends on who's under center. If It's, it's going to be – it's Teddy. It's Teddy, then yeah. If it's Drew Locke, then no. No, it's Teddy. It is Teddy. Yeah, so I'll go with the Broncos as mediocre. Like the Chargers, right? Everybody loves the Chargers offense. But I'm not looking at them for the kicker because they're just going to light up the scoreboard with touchdowns. Right. Right? So. But can't, can't, I mean, I know you said extra points don't help you, but then can't you make up for it on the extra points? I mean, if you're saying they're going to light up the scoreboard, you're going to get some extra points out of it. You will, but here's my point. Like, if you draft the Chargers kicker, right, and they put up, let's say, 35 points, all of them are extra points. That's five points. Right. If I take, um, let's say, the Jets kicker, and they put up 12 points because four of their drives wound up in field goals, and they're just kicking field goals to get points on the board, I just got more points from the kicker for the Jets, even though the Jets put up a third as many points as the Chargers' offense. Right. If I'm taking skill players, I want player, I want teams that can convert in the red zone because touchdowns are where the money is made in fantasy football. If I'm talking kickers, I want mediocre offenses because you're maximizing your point upside by targeting teams that will get field goals to get points on the board rather than extra points. This is about the most I think I've talked about kickers <laughs> the entire how I had the same thought fault. go through my head. We just spent eight minutes, nine minutes on kickers. Seriously. That was my fault. No, I'm just kidding, Helen. I'm just kidding. Come on. Like they said, I believe uh what Chris Carter said, everyone needs a fall guy. So <laughs> well, you'll be that I can, for I could do that for you. You are the fall guy for the family time screw. No, Sells, I'm just messing with you. Look, at the end of the day, if you have a strategy that's going to help us out, I mean, late bye week, that's something that I wasn't really thinking about when I was in the alarm after hours late night briefs. If you have a group of defenses that you consider to be basically the same, target the one with the latest bye week. Right. Because I always find it fun. I always find it fun chasing defenses each week on waivers. I mean, I'm doing some research on it anyway. So I like seeing what's out there. But naturally, if I can get a few week relief with that, then that's totally fine. But I don't put the stock into defenses. Guys, let's bring some more to the family table. We've already brought a lot here on Family Times. So we all get to bring one thing. Could be anything you want. Sills, let's start with you after that amazing kicker analysis. So I'm going to I'm gonna bring um, a couple different things to the table here one uh i was off last week moving and we got some news mainly an nba i think you've probably had talks with um this member of the family before fenced because he was a big nba guy he was also a big nascar guy uh he went by big day for me in chat uh found out last week that he passed away from covid um so unfortunately i did not get to say anything on the nascar pod last week because i was not on it, so uh, sending condolences to um, his family and whatnot, and then also, you know, we still have one more week of drafting, and the FA uh, draft guide gets updated all the time. I personally, in the last three days, have done four updates to the cheat sheet that Howard and uh, them send me. So 
we're updating stuff based on who's cut, based on injuries, based on ADP, based on, you know, whatnot. So we're still updating content. You got one more weekend to to go here. And uh, now's a pretty fun time to get into some underdog uh, best balls, too. Right. Some Yahoo best balls. Those are pretty fun because you can just set it and forget it and not care and then watch the money roll in when you win the league. Yeah, by the way, and speaking of that, I mean, the countdown to our kickoff sale again for some of your friends that want a little bit of a discount under 100 bucks. All of our DFS content, our playbook, which is award-winning, all of our DFS content, season-long as well, cheat sheets that you get that Sells was just talking about, our draft guy that's frequently updated. You just go to fantasyalarm.com slash kickoff. Use that promo code kickoff, K-I-C-K-O-F-F. That is one word, and that will get you the 50% discount on that. So let's get kickoff together. It's coming up. Drafts will be happening still through Probably still through. I have one. My one and only league actually this year is on uh, drafting Labor Day or the Tuesday after Labor Day. My my home league is on Labor Day, and that should be my final one. I always do it on Labor Day night because you know why, by the way? Labor Day night, everyone's getting ready for the work day the next day, so everybody is home. Strategy. That's also if you have kids and you're in places that don't start until after Labor Day, it's a school night, so your kids are going to go to bed early. So you'll be unobstructed with the uh, family obligations. Unobstructed. Ryan Hallam, you're up, man. What are you bringing to the table? Well, as frequently coming to the family table, it's my uh, side game. So let's uh, – we have just finishing up the rock and roll tournament. So probably by the time this goes up, it'll be almost over. But by and very next – crazy-ass pl- big brother league, by the way. It's almost over. And then, of course, Fantasy Survivor League comes right behind it. So you haven't joined that yet? I have felt like 112 people. I'm, I'm scared of how much it's going to do. You have much- me signing up for that, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Ooh. Fantasy Perfect. Survivor. So my next bracket also leading up to the premiere is going to be Survivors. So take – I think that starts Saturday or Sunday. I can't remember. I, fig- I figured it out so it'll end on the night the show comes back. So uh, the bracket uh, votes – for the best survivor ever will be coming this week. So I hope you'll uh, you'll participate there, sir. I'll tell you this right now. Ryan Hallam, who was running, I think, the first ever Big Brother Fantasy League. I'll tell you this, Hallam. I know I've been in last place in my conference, but Tiffany, my second-round pick, she's starting to make some moves. The, uh, you the two are degenerates. You know what, Sells? We're watching the reality shows anyway. Why not play a game regarding it? I, I mean, don't okay, if you're watching it anyway, that's you're, fine. You're too busy talking kickers with your friends, and I'm <laughs> talking Big Brother with mine, okay? Dude, dude, you're not that far out of it. You're only seven points out of, out of last now and ten behind Howard. And you got you have I know, two people I know. who are until, left. Until Aza cries her way and leaves on her own accord, okay? Because uh, she cries all the time. All right, that's not what I'm bringing to the table, though. (laughs) What I'm bringing to the table is a congratulations. And this is something that's been announced. There are press releases on it and very, very happy. Also, some questions have come up regarding it, so we might as well bring this up, that Fantasy Alarm and the Alarm Sports Network, including DFS Alarm, Wager Alarm, acquired officially by the Spotlight Sports Group, and we will be joining forces with them. What does that mean? Are you going away? No, no, no. Everything is still the same, whether you like family times or not, whether you like fantasy alarm. I don't know why you wouldn't. You wouldn't be here if you didn't. Hi, I got you there. Nothing's changing. 
We're still going to be rolling out content the way we do on the sites. We're still going to be rolling out the radio shows, the podcasts, everything that you get is all still the same. But the reason why I'm bringing it up as well, guys, and especially with you, Matt Sells, Ryan Helm, two guys just very involved in the core of the content that's coming out. It's a big time congratulations to a Fantasy Alarm staff. I started with Fantasy Alarm in 2014, and to see it grow the way it has is just incredible, and it's for the hard work, and it's always great and a blessing, and I say it all the time, to work with people who also care so much about what they do and work hard. It makes you want to elevate your game. That's how I've gotten to where I've gotten to by working with those people who make me want to be better at my job. And that's what we have in the family. That's what we have in the FA staff. And it's all of you out there. And, guys, you can comment on it quickly as well. But it's all of you out there that have made all of these subscribers and the family, and that's with you guys in our family, that have helped us build to where we've come now. So don't think that we ever take any of you for granted. And that's why we love you and you're part of our family. Yeah, I mean, I was uh, the first – one of the first two – uh, employees uh, for content and, and things from Fantasy Alarm, uh, you know, had to step away for a little while. But I've been here from day one when it was just me and one other person. And when I came back and saw like what has become and what you know the the content and the tech and the, everything is just it was humbling to see then to, and now to, to have gone through this process and and you know we're, we're going to grow and and get even better after this this acquisition. Uh, it's going to give us a chance to do things that maybe we weren't able to before. It's just, it's the things are just only getting better. Uh, and I, I'm so thrilled that I was able to come back and so thrilled to, to be, uh, you know, a pretty integral part of, of the team and working with you guys, like you said, uh, it has been fantastic. And to see others who just grind and work and love it is, has been a lot of fun. Yeah, I'll uh, second that. I've been with FA since May of 2015. It was Howard uh, hired me. I said, cool, that's awesome. Can I work for a week and then take two weeks off to go get married? Because uh, <laughs> I got married literally two weeks after I started right. here. And I actually referred to your team as the Metropolitans there, Bensty, in the first player note that I ever wrote, because <laughs> that's what they're actually known. Nope, as. they're the Mets. Well, yeah, Should but have they been are fired. the New York Metropolitans. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been uh, it's been amazing to watch this, uh, you know, grow. And as uh, some of our colleagues are fans of saying, we're taking this thing to the moon and beyond. So nothing's changing, just getting better. And um, oh, by the way, the NFL lineup generator for Week One launched yesterday. So Boom. for all you DFS folks that are trying to get the generator set up, it's live. And we'll be adding a college football generator next week, too. Ooh, let's go, guys. Let's do it. Let's talk some DFS on next week's episode, guys, to get things going. Because week one is here. Because all together as a family, even now with Spotlight Sports Group, all together we're going to dominate because there isn't any other option. We're just going to win. Good luck with your drafts. Let's get it. <laughs>